Good luck to anybody that's ever planning on surpassing Amanda Nunez's career. Seriously, in the men's or women's divisions, you would be in the most rarefied of air if you had a career like the Lioness. And with her departure after her victory last night, there's going to be a massive power vacuum. And there's also maybe going to be the end of an entire division or two. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A huge thank you to the biggest channel supporters in our Hall of Famers. And yeah, so women's featherweight is done, right? You know what, before we answer that question and talk about the legacy of Mrs. Nunez, as well as all the other important stuff that went down last night, we need to make sure that everyone is on the same page about how 289 played out, so let's run it down right now. Amanda Nunez retained her bantamweight title in a clean sweep decision over Irina Aldana. Charles Oliveira TKO'd Benil Dariush in the very first round to earn his next lightweight title shot. Mike Malott avoided a crowd barrier collapse to score a submission victory over Adam Fugette. Dan Ige took a UD from Nathan the train, and Mark andre Berrio earned 30-27s across the board for a win over Eric Anders to kick off the main card. The prelims weren't anything to write home about, but there was a few performances worth your time. The results of all of them are on the screen right now, just in case you didn't see them before. Alright, we're all caught up. Perfect. Now, let's run the numbers on this thing. Vancouver's first pay-per-view since 2014 saw 11 fights with 7 decisions, 2 KOTKOs, 1 sub, and a no contest for 2 hours, 14 minutes, 24 seconds of cage time. Dogs and favorites split on the night 5-5. to five. If you had Ariel Helwani as a hobby getting that first round KO, you'd have scored a plus 1400 bet. That's some solid bank. Now, we must go over the Lioness Goat's career stats since this is the end and they are crazy. Double champ status, of course. 11 UFC title fight wins, that's all time. The most wins in UFC women's history. The most finishes in UFC women's history. The most consecutive wins in UFC women's history. At bantamweight, she has the most knockouts, finishes, wins, title bouts, and title victories. She defeated Rousey, Cyborg, Shevchenko, Durandami, Tate, Holm, Pena, and so many more. No resume even comes close. Speaking of winners, a single Charles Oliveira fight has seen the final horn since 2015. Last night was his ninth first round finish during that run alone, and his defeat of Dariush marks the first loss for Benil since 2018. Mike Malott's pro career average fight time since he started in 2011 is just 3 minutes 22 seconds, earning him our Better Things to Do award. Dan Ige landed the most significant strikes of his career last night with 88, and Power Bar's win percentage in the first half of his UFC career, 20%. The second half, 66.6%, earning him our Good For You award. But the stats are just for fun most of the time. Let's talk about what really happened last night. Man, seriously, how do you top a career like Amanda Nunes? And she capped it off with a complete shutout of someone that many were hoping was a real contender. She's done just everything that you could do in this sport, which is why her retirement just makes so much sense. It would truly be piling on at this point. I mean, honestly, who could possibly surpass what she's been able to accomplish in her career? Even Shevchenko, if she was able to regain her title and go on another run, would have miles to go, and nobody else is even close. Think about how much time would have to pass to get to that level of success for anybody just starting their title reign. And if they don't do it in two divisions, it would be hard to make comparisons to her anyway. 
Not only is her resume just insane as we looked at earlier, but she finished out on top, the double champ. She joins a very short list of fighters who can say they did so. Habib, GSP, you could argue Boss Rutan. That is some seriously elite company. But I would actually argue that nobody has ever gone out higher than Amanda Nunes just did last night. Truly, the next time something like this is going to happen is probably when John Jones steps down finally. Any way you look at it, Nunes is one of the greatest to ever step foot in the cage. That said, the fallout from her retiring is going to be swift and massive. Women's 145 is dead as disco. There is no chance in hell that division survives. The two sole reasons it ever existed, Chris Cyborg and Nunez's double champ status, are now gone. One on horrible terms and the other in retirement. In the six years that division has existed, it's never even had an official top 10 ranking. 145 will be retired, I guarantee you. There's no possible way it could even go on anyway. Who would even fight for the vacant title? Now, I don't think they're going to announce it officially. They're not going to say they're getting rid of it, but it's done. There's literally nobody in that division and the champion just left, so we can assume 145 has run its course. Now, that said, 135 is in some serious trouble as well in the absence of Amanda. As Kaposa pointed out on Twitter, Holm versus Pennington is likely next for the title if that shows you where we're at. Neither of them fared well against Nunez, and arguably they aren't even the best versions of themselves this late into their careers. Given the division's history and importance, I do not foresee it going the way of 145, though. I mean, talk about bad optics. You're definitely not dissolving the main division of Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunez. Dana is a huge fan of Amanda, and I know her legacy means a lot to him. He is not going to get rid of that division. It might be downsized considerably, but it will not go away. That said, it's not like it's got all the time in the world. They desperately need a star in that division now, and we'll see if one emerges before long. The good news, however, is that 125 and 115 are very much thriving, and there are a lot of people who would love to see a UFC atomweight division. The state of the women's divisions and how they've molded over time is a really interesting topic, probably something I'll do a longer piece on later to really dive into, but the big takeaway here is that the loss of the greatest is going to leave some massive shoes to fill, and it's not entirely clear who is going to do so. But let's talk about Charles fucking Olives. CFO did it yet again, and in spectacular fashion, the all-time greatest finisher in UFC history proved yet again why he without question owns that title. And talk about huge momentum coming off that loss to Islam, he's the clear number one again, he's next in line, and Dana all but confirmed it at the presser, given that Connor and Iron Mike probably won't be fighting till late in the year or even at all, honestly, who knows? There's no reason to delay Du Bronx's rematch with Islam. He looked absolutely like the best possible version of himself last night as well. I don't know what happened to him in the first fight with Islam, but he definitely seemed off to me. He looks more motivated than ever, he looked fantastic in the cage. I don't know how it plays out with this version of Charlie, but I sure as hell want to see it. Benil's run has been really impressive. He truly had all the momentum coming into this one, and Oliveira just jacked it from him. And he made it look easy, which is just insane. And if he's going to win the title again, he's probably going to have to go to Abu Dhabi to do it. The place he lost it against the man who took it, that is just great storytelling. Lightweight continues to be one of the most entertaining divisions in the entire sport. All right, now that we've discussed the big stuff, let's wrap this thing up. What a return to Canada for Canadian fighters and fans. 6-0 and on the night, they kicked all kinds of ass. When you consider that Canada was such a hotbed for MMA during GSP's prime, it was very cool to see that they have a new batch of potential stars on their hands, especially Malat. He stole the crowd tonight when he wasn't almost being crushed by them and rallied that support effortlessly. He's unbeaten in the UFC thus far. I could see him really reviving the sport in that country. The Canadian fans were great. You could tell that they're starving for UFC action. 
direction, and given the talent showcase, maybe the Great White North could become an MMA hotspot yet again. Overall, it was a night many assumed was not going to be the UFC's best ever pay-per-view, but still some very significant and awesome moments. I had a good time, and some huge cards await us in the near future. I cannot wait to see what International Fight Week brings us. You know who else is always a good time? The editor of this video and the boss man himself, Tom Ransom. Follow him on Twitter, motherfuckers, and the biggest of thank yous to our channel champions. If you love On Point and want even more exclusive content, or want to have a voice in the creation process for our videos, consider becoming a member by clicking the join button below the video. If not, no biggie, liking and subscribing would also be really cool. What did you think of UFC 289? Where do you see things going with the women's bantamweight division? Chime in in the comments, we always love to hear from you guys. I personally read them all myself. And don't be a stranger, I will see you all on the next one of these. Peace and love.